The difference between walking while black in Jamaica and here, today on The World. I'm Marco Werman. Garnett Cadigan is a writer from Jamaica. He loved to walk there. Then he moved to New Orleans. You develop these rules. I don't run at night. I don't wear a hoodie. I have nothing that looks metallic or sharp in my hand at night. Plus, an imam in Dallas says last week's shootings in the U.S. are a wake-up call for all Americans. We don't want the legacy that we pass on to our next generation to be one of violence and hatred and extremism and bigotry. We want to be the generation that figure things out. And what they're saying in Egypt about the shootings in America. Charges of hypocrisy. These, these attacks are almost celebrated in Egyptian media. Those stories, plus being black and Caucasian in Russia, ahead on the world. I'm Marco Werman, and this is The World. Thank you for being with us on this Wednesday. Black Lives Matter formed as a response to police brutality and the killings of black men by police and others. The movement first came together in the wake of the 2012 shooting death of Trayvon Martin and the subsequent trial. But Trayvon Martin was not the first case, nor, as we know, was it the last. Now, imagine you're black, but not from here. You're from Jamaica, for example, and there, when your parents gave you the talk, it was mostly about not staying out too late in the streets of Kingston. By the time I was in my mid-teens, I became an incessant walker, and I couldn't think of driving when I could walk there because there's too much to be discovered, too much to be found, too much delight on the streets. That's Garnett Cadigan. He's a writer from Kingston, Jamaica. His beautiful essay titled Walking While Black shows you how the simple act of going out in America can be weighted down with risk if you're a person of color. Walking in Kingston, Jamaica was meditative for Cadigan. Quite the opposite he found when he went to college in New Orleans. I was crossing the street to get back to my university after an activity, one of those welcoming activities that they had for new students. Mm -hmm. And there's a gentleman in a wheelchair and stuck in a pothole on the crosswalk. And so I offered to push the wheelchair and to give him assistance, at which point he threatened to shoot me in the face and exploded. And I thought maybe there was something in the way I, maybe I was too presumptuous or perhaps I wasn't understood because of my accent. And so I might have said one thing and he heard another, only for me to seem turn immediately and ask someone who was, why to then help him across the street. Wow. What was that like? I mean, you, you'd come from Jamaica. Was this the first time anything like that had happened to you? Yes. What was that like then? Well, I'd initially registered it as just him, him being grumpy and my complexion not being to his taste. But then soon after I began seeing other signs, people crossing the street and clutching their bags or walking in, the police pulling up, saying that they got a complaint that someone suspicious was around. Or I'd be walking and someone would be two or three paces ahead of me and they turn around and saw me and then started speeding up or they'd cross the street or, you know, they'd get into a quick jog or on a few occasions, quick sprint. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I recognized the way I would treat dangerous people when I was growing up in Jamaica was the way people began treating me. How did you adjust to that here in the States? Like, what kind of things did you start doing to compensate? I sort of did the inverse of what a lot of my women friends did, that the way the streets could be hostile to them, that they were continually the subject of sexual attention, unwanted sexual attention. And they would try to, as it were, put on you know, their bravest, toughest face. I would try to do the inverse, try to seem as 
approachable, as safe. So everything from my sartorial choices that they collegiate wear, whether it be khaki pants with, let's say, a nice gingham shirt and in a jacket over it, along with you know Oxford laced shoes, mm. to wearing you know the things with my college name on it, so they could see, oh, he's a college student here. And to even the pace at which I move, to even crossing the street to make you feel more comfortable so you didn't need to cross nor pick up your cell phone to call the cops. Right. Aside from the Clark's Desert Boots you mentioned, which were pretty popular in Kingston, um, I mean, you were dressing like a preppy. Uh, you, you were kind of putting on a costume. Did you feel bad doing that? Yes, there are times in which I began asking the question, who am I really? And to what extent am I changing myself? What kind of performance am I putting on and you know where do I end and where does someone else begin and to what extent am I going to go to make others